Good night and welcome to Chit Chat with Hope. Tonight we're going to talk about school. Okay? We're going to talk about school because I think from December until now, which is November, is enough time for us to evaluate our children, what they're doing in school, their progress, what they're not doing, are they keeping up, are they able to do some homework on their own or any homework at all on their own, are they understanding, are they passing their tests, are they passing their quiz, Um, do you feel that the teachers are giving them work that they're not capable of doing? even though um, it might be grade level or it might be something that they should be able to do depending on, you know, individual situation as far as your child is, my child is, anyone's child is. Okay, so tonight I'm going to share with you because like I always say, to you as my audience, family, part of my tribe, part of the village, (laughs) you know, seriously, you know, um, from September, so we got September, we got October, I know that November, we have just started November, and, you know, we're not even in a week yet of November, however, I want us to... Be honest with ourselves, okay? Be honest. Be very honest with yourself because when we're more vulnerable and real honest with ourselves, we tend to do the right thing, okay? When we're honest with ourselves and we become vulnerable and we start really looking at this, the situation the way it is, we tend to be um, more positive about the things that we need to do. Um, It might hurt our feelings. It might make us feel sad. However, it might not, if it's not a positive, if your child, my child, anyone's child, if, you know, if our children are not doing well, they're not keeping up, this is the perfect time to make an appointment to go into the school and speak with the teacher. Not get mad at the teacher, not yell at the teacher or teachers, but just to speak with them. I have, you know, I've said numerous of numerous of times on different um on my diff on different um podcasts that I'm in a group with over twenty seven thousand women. It's international, okay? And um, for the most part, I'm reading that, um, you know, you read a lot and you learn a lot, okay? Plus workshops, plus, you know, reading books, plus my own experience, okay? And I think if you give your child two months in school, 
for every two months, I think you should evaluate. Because see, when we're honest with ourselves, because we already know that no matter how much we want to get mad at anything that is outside of us, let's just say the teacher, the school, the principal, the therapist, all these different disciplines, right? No matter how much we want to point the finger, at some point we're going to have to let it sit with us, sit within us, and we're going to have to say that um, my child needs more help or my child refused to do as much as I know that they can do or my child needs tutoring or we're just going to have to say this is all my child can do. But again, this is when you're honest with yourself. I'm honest with myself and we have gotten to the point where we're not angry because we know that our child, children, they're doing their best. We're not pointing fingers because we understand that the teachers are also doing their best. We know the therapists, they're also doing their best. So when I said we're going to evaluate our children in the classroom, we're all going to, we also have to say that if they're getting service, we have to evaluate that as well. You know, we have to evaluate that as well. I know that for a lot of parents, they, the quickest thing that pop in their head is, I want this to be added to my IEP. I want this to be added to, you know, whatever. I want this to be added. Adding things on or, or attaching things to will not improve anything if the child is where the child is at this point. I'm going to say that again. No matter what you want to attach to your IEP or attach to anything else that you may have in place for your child to get service or just plain how the teacher should um, teach your child. No matter what you attach, if your child has plateaued, which means if this is what your child can give out right now, or the progress has stopped. If this is where your child is right now, does not mean that your child won't change a year from now, two months from now, but this is where your child is right now. From September until now, your child has not been doing well, have not been keeping up with the work, have not been keeping up with their peers. Okay? All right. So, it's not doing well in therapy. You know, regardless of what kind of therapy your child is getting, my child is getting, they're just not doing well. This is the time when we need to make an appointment and go sit with the teachers. Go sit with the therapist or have the therapist call you. And you're just going to have to listen. I'm just going to have to listen. Because at this point... There's nothing to lose because our children are not doing well. So, this right here is the third month. And we already know the third month, is it means, is very significant when November ends. It's very significant because it's a quarter of what 
the child should have learned if they're not learning a quarter. Okay? We all know that each quarter is going to get more difficult because whatever they're teaching, let's say, for example, even if it's kindergarten, if they're teaching the children how to write their names, identify letters, we already know. If Let's just say they're identifying letters because this is where that your child falls as it is right now. The teacher's going to evaluate that okay. No matter how much letters your child name has in it, they're going to come to the to the realization that, you know what, we have been doing this since September. It is now the first week of November. This child still cannot spell their name. Can't spell their first name, can't spell their last name. So, and it goes on and on and on. So, if the child is in fourth grade, they might not be giving them Everything at the same time that the peers are getting, again, depending on the cognitive status of your child. However, wherever they fall in the group, it might be a class of 12, a class of 6, a class of 4, a class of whatever number or ratio it might be. Okay, wherever your child fall, whatever they're giving their peers as far as classroom, the teacher is going to still evaluate it, even though it's on an individual basis, and still will come up with a rational statement to tell you the minute you sit with her, which is going to be, your child is not doing well, and I think this is what it is, and I think that is what it is. That's now for you that have been watching your child as far as homework or questioning your child what they have learned in school on a daily basis, which I know we all do, going through their book. And if you're doing homework with them, you will also have noticed what the teachers are talking about if you should go and sit with them or what the therapist is talking about if you should go sit with them or you set up a phone call you know, or Zoom, whatever you do, whatever you choose to do. You and I will have to admit, because see, if you're doing homework every night, as patient as you are and as I am, within ourselves, you're going to find some kind of frustration because if you're doing the same thing over and over and you're spelling Mary since September and it's just not sticking, you're not frustrating with the child. You're not frustrated with the teacher. You're just frustrated with the what is. Okay? But what I want you to know is there are many times the what is can change. But it needs to be changed in a way that it fits the child's understanding where they are at this very moment, which means that when you sit with the child's teacher, you might have to just understand that this is where your child is. This is where my child is. This is where her child is, okay? Your, our children at this point has plateaued. They're giving their best. There's nothing else going to come. This is it. Or we're going to find out that we as parents and caregivers, are going to have to keep school at home. You know, I've already said it in numerous of my um, podcasts. My home, <laughs> my home is not glamorous, 
okay? With the exception of my kitchen and, um, and my bathroom, these are the only places that are not filled with things that have to do with school and the grade my son is in at this moment. I don't have any pictures on my wall. I have posters. I have reminders. I have things that, you know, provide cues and so on and so forth. I have an entire wall that's filled with a, 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 the chemistry chart that I ordered. It's as big as a blanket. It takes up a whole entire wall. Another wall is just chemistry stuff and and so on and geometry and, and you name it and how to write, you know, a correct letter and how to do a thesis paper. That's the way my home is. It's it's it I don't even I can't say it's an inconvenient because I know no other way to live from the minute this child have walked into my life. You know, from the day he entered early intervention, there's not been any other way that I've lived, and he's going to be 16 in March. But I can tell each of you that are listening to me, it works. It works. I gave up everything to do it, you know, Christmas, of course, you know, I do a little thing here and there, but I don't interrupt what I have on my wall. So I don't have these fancy, beautiful things that, you know, that other people have. I keep school. School is in every room with the exception. And I can't even say the kitchen anymore, even though I did say the kitchen, because it's not. It's also school, because he's being taught how to cook. He knows how to cook, you know. He knows how to measure things. He knows how to read ingredients, you know. <clears throat> so every part of my home, a matter of fact, you know, just to think of it, I can't even exclude the bathroom because he's 15, he's getting pimples and this and that, and now he's learning to care for his skin. <clears throat> Excuse me, my allergies acting up as usual when I'm talking to you guys, um, you know. So even every part of my home is a school in its own way, okay? So here we go. <clears throat> so keep in mind, that as our children get older, school is going to put more responsibility on them, okay? It's going to want more from them. You know, even if it's going to be at their level, it's still going to be a tad more. So we can't look at the fact that, well, the teacher last year, you know, he was getting 100 and she was getting, you can't look at that because the teacher was teaching whatever grade that is. Your child got promoted, now he's going to be taught what this year needs to be done. So keep in mind that as our children get older, some will improve in school, <clears throat> and the improvement is going to come from maybe staying at aftercare and getting a little bit more support of what went on during the day, and they've not gotten it. And then when they come home, maybe you're going to have to do a little something-something too, okay? Can't be eat, take a bath, watch cartoon, play on the laptop, play on the iPod, da-da-da-da-da, handheld game, and, you know, keep it moving, and, you know, you kiss, you hug, and, you know, you go to bed. That doesn't work, okay? That will not work. If they're not doing well, we have to put our part in it, too. I know um, not everyone wants to hear this, but the day's not long enough 
for some of our children to learn everything or to retain everything. Sometimes we got to roll our sleeve up and we got to become the teachers at home. All right. We need to get to the point of understanding where our child need us to meet them. The perfect person to sit with is going to be their therapist, if that's the area that they're not doing well in, not participating, or things are just not going as was planned by the IEP. You can't want to change your IEP in the, you know, because you don't like how it's going. It is what it is. Okay? Because if you change the IEP, if this is where your child is or my child is, it's just words. It's not going to do anything to improve or to stop any regression or anything. The only thing that's going to do anything to improve is us being more involved in whatever that we need to be involved with. So we're going to make an appointment to either go into the school or to talk to the teacher. I would also suggest that you send a letter home, send a letter to the teacher and tell her that you would like to get a little synopsis, a little bit of information from each person, right, that deal with your child, my child, during the day. Which means when the teacher speaks to you, whenever that is, or you have a meeting, that means that everyone don't have to be at the meeting because depending on the age your child is... She will have information from the science teacher, from the gym, the gym, the gym teacher, from the English teacher, from language art, from this teacher, from that teacher. Which means when you both sit down, she can give you an idea how everyone sees your child, my child, whoever's child. Okay, so then you can sit there now and both of you can come together and decide what is the best way that your child learns and whatever you both have discussed at that meeting now you you or I or everyone that's listening that your child is not doing well at this point you're going to have to play your part at home I can tell everyone right now that tired is not the definition of what I am I am beyond that but but I know that I'm not going to be here forever. So whatever I can do to make my child more independent educationally, I am bending over backwards, sidewards, and every other words that you can think. And this is how I want everyone to think. And if you're doing it already, I just want to tell you, you are doing a fabulous job. And we're just going to have to just do a little bit more if that's what our children need. Okay. So, along with the schoolwork, we're going to have to figure out, is it the child not participating? Is it the child behaviors getting into the um, part of why the child is not learning because the child is being um, removed from the class more than more than actually the time they spend in the class is getting less because they're spending more time you know not being in time out but more time being outside of the classroom to get their self together is it that the child is not doing homework is it is it that the child is not complying with whatever is being asked to do 
Is it that the child is sleepy in the classroom? Is it that the child is just not understanding the materials that are being taught, no matter how much it is explained in different ways? So when you get the idea where your child is, where my child is, anyone's child is, then we can work together with the teachers and the therapists and see if that will help our child. And then we can revisit the situation two months from when we start working together again as a group. Okay? We got to put in mind that not only is the work getting harder, but we have to be honest with ourselves. Can your child, my child, retain new information as well as information that they were already taught. I'm going to say that again. We have to be honest. Can your child, my child, retain what was taught and still retain new information that are being taught now? So that has a lot to do with long-term memory as well as short-term memory are both working together. Because when, I, when a teacher asks a question about something that was taught in September, it means that she's now asking this child to go back and retrieve something from the long-term memory. Okay? So we're going to have to be honest with ourselves. So let's think about that. Can your child retain old information and bring it back if there's such a discussion that it needs to be brought back? Is your child long-term memory intact? Is it okay? Is your child short-term memory okay? Is both, are both memories, long-term and short-term, okay? Because if there is any issue in any of these memories on retaining and retrieving, then they're always going to be a little problem. Now, it's for us to be honest, not get mad at the teachers, not get mad at a child, not get mad at therapies or anything. It's just what it is. So we're just going to have to just work with our children. And I'll never tell anyone to give up on any dreams or any hopes. That's where you as a parent, that's a personal choice. And I don't think any parent want to give up on any child or should give up on any child. But at the same point, we can't, we can't make a child learn what mentally they're incapable of learning. It might just be right now they can't learn it. Or it might be they'll never learn it. Or it might be they'll learn part of it. But that's up to you to be honest with self as a parent. So again, how is your child's long-term memory? 
I'm sorry. How is your child's short-term memory? Because this will play a part in whether your child is capable of getting the grades that you so desire and that child so desire. Because remember, school goes from one grade to the other, which we all know. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm being, you know, I'm being disrespectful. We're just talking, or at least I'm just talking. Remember, the third grade, whatever third grade was taught, you go to fourth grade, and now fourth grade is going to add to third grade. And it adds, and it adds, and it adds, and it adds, and it adds. So information are always being added to information to complete it. Because fourth grade is not going to teach everything that fifth grade teach. Fourth grade might teach fraction, and then the child goes into fifth and sixth grade, and now they're doing algebra. It is the same math. It's math, but it's a different kind of math. You know, you know, you might, you know, biology, you learn about, you know, little things. You might learn about birds and all these different things. And then you're now in eighth grade and you're learning about the brain and the, and the different organs and the heart and the four chambers and when the blood is released and the oxygen and the lung and all of that other stuff. So what I'm saying is everything compiles upon each other and it makes sense at the end of the day. However, if your child has issues or my child have issue with their short-term memory, they're not going to remember anything about the lung. So when there's a quiz, this is for the older children, when there's a quiz, they're not going to do well. And they might not do well in class either. Because if they can't remember or, you know, retrieve things that was taught, clearly, then they're always going to be a little problem. Okay, the short term now, if you know your child have problem with their memory, even remembering things that was taught 830 and now it's 230 and we're going over the day's work because now homework is being sent home in their bag and the teacher wants to make sure that everyone is comfortable or everyone understood what was taught. So this is where short term is. Now the teacher might decide that, you know what it is? I am going to ask some questions, you know, give you 20 minutes of we're going to wrap up the day. If your child has problem with short term, your child will not remember what was taught maybe this morning. Or your child might remember part of what was taught. However, the homework is going to be everything that was taught. So if your child cannot retain and retrieve or, you, or have problem with either a long-term, which was what was taught last week, what was taught two days a week, two days ago, you know, today's Wednesday, what was taught Monday, they can't remember, or they can't remember um, what was taught 9 o'clock this morning and now it's 2.30 and we're leaving and I might go up to your child or someone might go up to my child and say, well, you know, today we spoke about autumn and you know part of your homework is to tell me the different changes that autumn has in it that's different from winter now if I you know if you the teacher I the teacher have explained everything at nine and now we're sitting in the class and I have you know 15-20 minutes before I dismiss my class and I decide that you know what I'm just going to ask questions in the class and get an idea as a teacher to see if what I have taught, right? 
my student understood. Now, let's say, for example, my child, your child, they didn't get it. So there you go. That's a short-term memory. They're not remembering. Or they might have remembered part of it. Or it might be they're, they're remembering things, but it's just not the way it was taught. You know, the process. You know, because sometimes we might say things and your brain, their brain, my child, you know, it might process it differently. Okay? So the thing is that um, we have to accept the different challenges our children have that might impact on their learning, that might impact on the grades they get, might impact on, um, on school, on their therapy. You have to understand that teachers cannot just give your child grades because they're good and they're nice and they come to class. I have to understand that the teacher cannot just grade my child because my child turns in work. Because if it's turned in and it's wrong, then it's wrong. They cannot be a good grade. It can't. You know, it just can't. If your child answer a question and only did part of the sentence, it's wrong. You know, it's wrong. We can say, well, maybe they can give partial credit, but it's wrong. You know, it's wrong. You know, if you wrote a check, okay, if, if your boss wrote a check and he forgot to sign it and you know you've worked, he knows that you work, the check is good, everything is there, but your boss didn't sign it, the bank will not deposit the check. And, and, and that's the same thing. The cashier cannot, you know, the bank teller or whatever they call them now, no disrespect, they can't. They can't deposit it. And it's the same thing. The teacher is not the boss. The principal is not even the boss. The principal just runs the school. There's someone over him or her outside of that building. And there's someone over someone else. And that's the way it is. So what I want to say is we're not going to be hard on the children. But what we're going to do is we're going to be honest and we're going to try to figure out how to help them. And this is where it comes in, where we go to the school, we make an appointment, and we go, and we really go with the intention that we might not like what we hear, but we're going to listen. Um, I'm going to ask that um, the IEP... Don't touch the IEP. Don't add nothing to your child's IEP. You don't add or take away anything. Give that IEP six months and watch it work or not work. Okay? Six months. The IEP is for a year. You cannot change the IEP because you don't like your child's grade. What you have to do, or what I have to do as parent and caregivers, we have to meet with the people that are providing service, educationally or PTOT, whatever it is, and we have to ask, what can I do? And together as a group, you can decide on where the child is, and you can try different intervention among you guys as a group. You the parent, them the provider. Put in new interventions. You know, that's what you do. I did. I went to my son's junior high school, and I did. And even in his high school, I did. I explained. 
that, you know what? Give my son a study guide of what you're going to have on your quiz. You're not giving him the test. The same thing that you're discussing with the class, because most of his teachers, even though it's high school, most of his teachers, they go over different chapters that they have to read, and they'll let them know. You know, you read chapter, you know, you don't just tell a child to read chapter six, and you're only going to read, the the test is going to be on the first three pages, and you're going to have this poor kid stay up and read 25 pages knowing that it's only going to, it's only the first three page you're going to take the questions from. So I tell them, give my son a study guide. So they will let him know the quiz is going to be only four pages in chapter four. So he will spend his time reading and going over these four pages plus whatever the teacher have taught. I've explained to them that you need that I want you to pass this information to all of his teachers. Whatever quiz or test that they're going to do, let him know the pages that you're going to take your questions from. Let him know if you're only going to take your questions from what have been discussed in class or it's going to be a mixture of. Is it going to be from the last two weeks, just from this week and page and two pages in chapter four? The first two pages. That that's what I do. I don't add anything to the IP because adding and adding and adding, it doesn't make sense. No teacher's gonna sit down with twelve IEP at her desk and run back and forth and check if she's doing the right thing. She will try to, or he will try to do the right thing at all time by your child because if they see that the child needs more help, they'll give it. No one, I'm going to be honest with you, no one walks around and, 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 and with 12 IEP and opens it and run back and forth. No, they don't do that. It's impossible. And you and I know it's impossible. You know, if the issue that you're having is a behavior issue, well, maybe another discipline need to come in. That instead of just pulling your child out of the class, why don't you have the person that's pulling your child out of the class also bring the work with them? Now, that's an idea. And if the child calms down while he's outside with this person, then why return back to the class? Why not let this one person that's with your child outside that's doing the one-to-one, let this person now teach them? Because bringing the child back to the class might start it all over again and the child is going to have to be removed. And before you know it, the child spent, what, a hot 20 minutes in the class and 45 minutes outside of the class. So why not, whenever that child start acting up, if it's a behavior issue, my child, your child, you know, why not just let, the, let that person, the para, or whoever is going to take your child out, let them take the information that the teacher will be teaching and let them sit out there and go over it with your child. You know, that could be an intervention. It does not have to be added to the IEP because, you know, they don't have copies of your IEP, my child's IEP. The sign teacher don't have one. It's one, one. Maybe the main teacher have it. It's one. The science teacher don't have one. The math teacher doesn't have one. This person don't have one. No one have it. The whole school don't have an IEP to know what they need to do with your child or my child. It's one IEP, and that's it. However, you can make interventions, and you can ask that 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 information be passed to the teacher. You know? So we have to understand that poor memory has a lot to do with how a child's grade 
will look on his test or information that he retained or retrieved. Okay, we have to understand that short attention span will play a lot into a child not getting the full information that they should be getting while it's being taught. Because if the child is, is you know, my son used to do it and he doesn't do it as much, you know, as he used to. But I don't know, for some reason, even when he was, his attention was somewhere else. I don't know. His brain, I don't know. He just never, he, he always, under, he just, I don't know. He just never completely left, I guess, you know, if I'm explaining it right. Because I saw it in homework, and I asked his teachers if they did. And they said, you know what it is? Yes, he, he did um, wonder sometime, you know. But they said that, I don't know. And I saw it too. Whenever they call his attention back to it, he always heard what they were saying, even though he was somewhere else mentally. Okay? Not every child does that. Some children, when their attention span goes somewhere else, it just goes. That's it. That's where it is. They're, they're gone from whatever is being taught. So you have to know your own child. Some children just forget. They forget because the brain is not processing as fast as the information is being sent out. Some children hear what the teacher is saying. However, they're not processing, they're understanding what the teacher is saying and what they're getting is two different things. They're not understanding. So we have to look at every different angle when we're talking about our children. Okay? We have to look at everything. Okay? Everything. New materials. Old materials, long and short-term memory, processing information, okay? Short attention span, behavior. We have to look at all of these things because I am going to be honest with you that, you know, and we got to be honest with ourselves that um, we know that, um, to, you know, we can say, my, we can say, like you can say, your child have autism, and I'll say mine does too, which he does. But that spectrum, it is such a large spectrum that each child have their own spot under that umbrella. Okay, which means that even though a child might have autism or do have autism, that child might have other diagnosis that might affect the way the child learn going to say that again. The fact that the child have autism might not be the reason why the child can't understand totally. It also could be the child has other diagnoses that will also impact on them learning, remembering, retrieving, processing, and all of that other stuff and behavior. So we have to take all of that in and just call the teachers, um, see the therapists, and just um, move on and go from there. Okay? Move on and go from there. I'll never tell anyone to give up on their child because a child, you just can't ever give up on a child. Even when you have put in everything as a parent yourself and you see nothing, it does not mean that you won't see something tomorrow. 
or later or whatever, I will always say, you try, you try, you try, you try, you try. Because at the end of the day, when you have given your all, you have given nothing more or less than your all. You have done everything. But what I'm going to say is, you can't force your child to learn if they're not there yet. But you can help them to remember or you can at least find other intervention that might somewhat improve, may not totally help, but it might improve how they can retrieve certain information, okay? So, um, my darlings, it's a big challenge you and I have by having these special babies, by having our children that need us so much. And at the end of the day, I'm going to say that um, there are days that I need my son more than he might even need me, and he doesn't even know it. He's my heart. <laughs> He's my, it's just, I just love him. I just love him to pieces. And I'm quite sure that if we were talking right now back and forth, you would tell me that you just love your children to pieces. Even though um, they might have their little ups and downs, your child is not broken. My child is not broken. Your child is not unteachable. It's just that your child can be taught differently. We have to look at different things and different ways and come up with unique interventions to reach our children. For the teenagers that are in high school already and in middle school, um, start looking at careers if it's possible, you know. And if it's not possible, start looking at little workshops that they can still go and get um, training and trade. You know, don't give up. You know, don't start thinking, well, you know, don't start thinking, your child is in second grade and you already start saying your child won't go to college. We don't know. And, and I'm glad I didn't think like that because my child had regress and lost his speech. Okay? He went back to bobbling like an eight-month baby. He used to trip all the time. I didn't know what it was. And then, you know, it got a little better. And I thought, okay, whatever. Maybe he was running, you know, but it wasn't running. You know, I, I got to find out that the poor child needed PT. You know, the poor child, you know, we are all born as human with one side a little bit weaker than the other. Well, I found out that that side was even a little weaker, was weaker than it should be. Okay, so PT helps strengthen that, thank God. And um, like I said, he's been getting PT since he's two and he's 15. And what he's getting now is maintenance. But that came from me communicating with these lovely people that provide those services, you know. So, of course, you know, I did my part at home. Did I know half of what I was doing, if it was going to work or not? No. But I did know that I, I had comfort knowing that I was doing something. The same thing with OT, you know. I did my thing. I went in. When he lost his speech, I went in to get evaluated for speech. They don't just do evaluation for speech when children are two or whatnot, okay? 
<clears throat> excuse me, when they're doing that and they're going to put them in early intervention, you know, when they're that age. I don't know how they do it in other countries or other states, but I'm in New York City. In New York City, they evaluate them from the bottom of their foot to the crown of their head. Okay? So by the time they were finished evaluating him, I thought he only had lost his speech. I got to find out that he's weaker than one side. I got to find out that he has poor trunk control. I got to find out that he had fine motor skill issues. I mean, woo, I had an alphabet list. And mind you, I went in for one thing. <laughs> one thing. And I got a list, you know, a list of you know, all of these, and I never gave up. And so, you know what, he can't write for a long time, but my baby can type better than most secretaries, okay? He have learned to adjust the computer or his laptop that it, it, it now knows how to put in the periods at the right place and the commas, at, and, you know, it, he, have, he have become an expert in his world, of not being able to write for a very long time without having pain in his hands, you know, in his fingers. So he have learned. So his laptop is his fingers. Doing math, he knows how to write, do the math, because writing, doing math is not as hard as actually um, writing, because writing, it you know, it's longer, it's more harder. So... If you need to have your children be evaluated by the tech, people that provide different, um, different, you know, technical things to help your children, you know, tablets, you know, laptop, whatever it might be that can make your child learn more. You know, be it be at ease more, process things more, keep up more. That's where you need to focus on, not to add words to your IEP. I mean, my son got his laptop, and it's in the the IEP since fourth grade. And I got to tell you, every he went through middle school, he had the laptop. Now he's in high school, and I cannot tell you how he's excelling because before. I'd had him evaluated and had his hands evaluated and had these Board of Education outside technician come in. And now the computer that he used, he was taught how to use it. I mean, if he doesn't want to use his fingers or what have you, there's a mic that he can talk into. He doesn't use the mic, but I'm just letting you know that... If he should or ever needed to, it is there. And if he speaks into the mic, it would type for him. He doesn't have to. But along with the IE, along with this laptop came so many different interventions. So I want you not to be so hurry in a hurry to add, you know, six more months of this and two more months of that and and you know, let him read for five minutes with the teacher. No. If your child needs to see a technician because they have problems writing, have problems spelling, all of these different things, I'm going to tell you. Ask if your child can see a technician, board of ed, 
have these techie people that comes in, they evaluate. Your child might need an eye, might need a laptop and a headphone, you know, a mic, a hair, you know, whatever it is. And now your child can, um, can speak into the microphone and it will be written down by the, by the laptop, you know. You, if your child is older and, and is getting quiz and is getting tests and, and needs to remember things and their handwriting is so horrible, you know, like my son's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just not, and they can't keep up because they can't go fast enough. What you can also suggest is your son can get a write, someone to write information for him. They have these different things in schools. Again, I don't know where you're listening to me from. But your child can be given the information that's being taught in school, as my son is. And then they'll have that to study, and you can study along with them, you know? So look into some of these things. Maybe your child needs someone to take notes. Maybe your child needs a, a laptop with a, with a um, headphone. You know, that while the teachers say it, they can say it and it'd be written down. It'll, you know, automatically would be written down. So now your child, one more, less thing I've gotten off your child's mind, because now your child don't have to worry about keeping up with the teacher before she erased something or adds something. It will automatically be recorded and it will be written. Okay. Children plays with, with their tablet all day. A lot of children are capable of doing, of, of being masters on laptops, masters, they will be taught, okay, they will be taught how to use it, they can add things and add things, and now you can bring it, you know, bring this, they can also get to bring it home, you know, my son, he's taught how to email, so now he doesn't have to write all these different things, doesn't have to write so much anymore, he types, he corrects it, on the, on the laptop, and then he email. He email his things. All his homework, most of his homework, he emails them at night to the teachers. So now, guess what? He's done. He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to worry about, um, did I put the homework back? Did I do this? Did I? He, he emailed everything. He doesn't, everything he emails, so that's one more thing off his mind. He does not have to have a folder to keep all these different homework assignment in. The minute they give him the assignment, it's attached to his computer at school, laptop at school. He has, an, uh, uh, um, you know, the PIN number for it, the password for it, and he can retrieve that at home on the laptop or his tablet. And he does, he gets his homework like that, all the information, because now it's, connected to our laptop, his laptop, and he gets the information, and he does his homework, and he emails it. He doesn't have to worry about, because he's not the most organized person in the, in the world, okay? Not even close to. He has issue with being organized in a lot of different ways. and um, But now he does not have to be that organized as far as, you know, his math homework has to be here and there. It doesn't have to do that. Once he does his homework at night, he emails it to his teachers he emails it to whatever past whatever the teachers have set up for him so now he has nothing to worry about in the mornings about handing homework handing any of those things he doesn't so you know so I'm going to end tonight 
And again, I just want you to know, always feel hopeful, okay? All we need to do is just work with the people that are providing service for our children, okay? And also accept the different places our children are at on their journey presently. Now, not what they did last year in Miss Betty's classroom because Miss Betty used to give lots of hugs. Okay, not because the teacher's not giving hugs and high five, that does not make them a bad teacher. And a teacher that give hugs don't make her a good teacher or him a good teacher either. That might be all they're giving out is love and, and beautiful words when you meet with them. Okay? So just remember, we got to be honest with ourselves. Can our children remember things that are taught for long periods of time? Can you know how is their long term memory? How is their short term memory? How do they process information? Do they always understand when they're asking questions? Can they make themselves understood by other people? We have to really get to the nitty gritty of our children. Is their behavior a challenge for them? If that's a challenge, can you also tell the teacher when my son leave with this person that? know how to calm my child down can you always have a copy of whatever is being taught kind of like anticipating your son or your daughter or whoever my son your son whatever anticipate it okay anticipate it take the book out of the room and teach the child whatever was being taught in the classroom that they don't miss out on what is being taught because that might be an issue too because if they're outside for 45 minutes and inside for 10 minutes before, you know, all hell break loose, they're missing everything that is being taught. Okay? So what I want to say is um, keep having faith. Keep understanding that they're children and they're resilient. They can change at any given moment and at the same time as parents we could understand that this is where our children are and we're going to love them we're going to protect them and we're still going to try we're still going to try because sometimes some of our children they need to be back in that same class another next year and then it will click then something will click. Sometimes they just cannot learn what they need to learn in one year. It doesn't mean that they're not learning, and it doesn't mean that they're not being taught. Good night, good night, good night. Have a fabulous, fabulous rest of the week, okay, until we talk again. Okay, don't be too hard on yourself.